welcome to Rebecca Wendy. Welcome to Rebecca Wendy podcast, and it contains strong language and adult themes, as it should do. Hi everyone, and welcome to Rebecca Wendy of the Womb of. Um, I've been I, I've been meaning to record this for ages, and I have recorded so many different ones, but they've been such heavy subjects, and I've been going through lots. I thought I might change it up. So today I'm going to talk about, um, I'm not sure where it things, whether it's things that mums go through or just the fact that I have some weird anxiety going on. Um, uh, let, let me tell you, let me start off with a story. So the other night it was cold where I am and I went to bed with have three people in the bed with me other than myself i have my five-year-old my three-year-old and my one-year-old now my five-year-old is the one that sleeps deeply but decides to lash out in the middle of the night with kicks and hits and goodness me it's it's like they're fighting off world war three my three-year-old is the hugely light sleeper that has to touch you during the night and if they move away from you then they wake up and where have you gone and then my one-year-old, he's, um, he's in his stage where the moment he wakes up, it's a tantrum because I have somehow not figured out in between the time that I'm asleep and he's woken up that he needs to wake up with a boob in his mouth. Um, and it's tantrums. So I've got those three people in the bed. So it was cold in the night that I went to bed. So I put on leggings um uh sort of warmer leggings but they were a little bit tighter than my normal jammy pants but i thought mm, you know i i thought maybe leggings might work and i had a jumper on because i was actually quite cold now sometime in the time before as i'm going to sleep i somehow come to notice that the leggings were a little tighter around my ankles and this is where my brain, my, my, the anxiety brain. Now, I don't know whether this is mum anxiety or just me. Um, I'm sure other people do it. So the anxiety brain um, comes up and all of a sudden it says, your legs are suffocating. Your legs are suffocating. You need to get these leggings off. And then my logical brain comes in and says, no, come on. Your legs are not suffocating. Look, and I put my feet out the end of my covers, which are bare. Not my covers are bare, my feet are bare. And, I, and my logical brain says, look, no, your, your, your legs are joined to your feet. Everything has air. You're fine. My anxiety brain is going, my, my legs are suffocating. I have to get these off. They're going to die. They're, I am going, my legs are going to suffocate to death. Now, in all logic, that's not even thing that your legs will suffocate and the rest of you will be fine um and so i'm just i am i knew this was illogical so i started you know breathing deeply and going this is not logical calm down you'll be fine it's just your legs and i even pulled up the leggings just a little bit to get it off that ankle um because the ankle had started to get itchy where and it was a little bit of relief and they gave it a bit of an itch and it was like a bit of a scratch and it was like okay we're okay calm down this this anxiety brain is going on in the background you know your 
is going to suffocate. I calmed down enough. It took me about an hour, but I calmed down enough. I hadn't gone mental. I'd calmed down enough just to go, you're okay. It's okay. Everything's fine. And I started to doze off to sleep. Now, at that moment, I suddenly felt my jumper on my neck. And this is where my anxiety brain went mental. It went, now your jumper is suffocating you. You have to get it off. And this is where my logical brain no longer has any control. It is like it is completely offline. The anxiety brain is full on in its thing. It's like, if I don't get this jumper off right now, I am going to suffocate. I must get it off. And I'm, you know, sitting up in bed. But I've just got my one-year-old to sleep. I've just got him to sleep so I can't sit up in the panic that my brain is going through going I'm going to suffocate I can't breathe even though this jumper by the way was a very loose necked jumper it's the fact that I felt it it's, it wasn't even that it was tight it was hugely loose I mean you could have fit two heads in there and yet there was my brain had gone into this anxiety mode so it, it, it was so ridiculous and so my brain is now screaming, I have to get this off. But my one-year-old has only just gone to sleep. I just got him to sleep. And when he wakes up, he chucks tantrums and he's kicking and carrying on. And ah, oh, it's the last thing I wanted. And my arm was underneath his head. And there is no way I could pull it out without waking him up. And it's the last thing I wanted to do. But I was also feeling like like my, my anxiety brain, I, could, I tried to logic it out, but there was no lodging in it it was the fact that I have to get this jumper off so what did I ended up doing is getting so my right arm was underneath my my one-year-old's head because I just finished feeding him so in my panic I had got my left sleeve in my mouth and pulled my arm out and got my arm out and I thought that would be fine but no it had to come up over my head so I got it over my head so now it's like, okay, my head is out of my jumper. The head's out of my jumper. My left arm's out of my jumper. The only thing left in my jumper is my right arm. So now the feeling of I am suffocating. Um, sorry, I'm blocking my door. Um, I am suffocating. Should be finished. But it's not. Because now my brain's going, your right arm is not out. It, it will not stop until you are you are finished you know you have to get this jumper off it's killing you and it, it's not even like like it's like my my right arm is now suffocating my head is free my neck is free my um my left arm is free it should be fine i should be doing fine but uh i'm still in this panic state i finally managed to get my right arm very carefully free from my son under my son's head and i have to pat him to make sure he stays asleep and then as soon as i got him free i am trying not to panic sit up and just rip the jumper off but i'm taking the jumper off the right arm and i have to throw it away from me like it's going to suddenly come back and put itself back on my head like it's gonna you know those those things like it's gonna re-strangle me all by itself but because I'm now in my anxiety brain, it can't stop there. It's like, okay, the jumper's off, but now it goes back to the legs, the suffocating legs. It now is in full-blown 
anxiety mode. It's like, I have to get it off. So there I am in my undergarments in bed on a freezing night going, I can breathe. But knowing also logically I cannot stay like this because I will freeze. I've still got my covers and it's, you know, it's warm right now. But as the night goes on, knowing what my house is like, it's going to get bloody cold and I will freeze. But my anxiety brain is like, I don't care about that right now. I'm thinking about right now. Right now, the clothes are not suffocating me. Right now, um, I'm okay. The fact that I won't sleep properly because I keep waking up because I'm too bloody cold does not matter right now. I'm just not suffocating with these clothes. It's so odd. Now, now like I said, I don't know whether this is a mum thing or whether it's just anxiety. And... There's so many times that I've gone through this, uh, this anxiety. When I am, I naturally have social anxiety. I've always had it um, because I'm a bit odd, um, and I don't really know how to. You know, I, I know what's. I think I know what's acceptable when talking to people. I don't always know what subjects are the most acceptable, so I'm a bit odd, and. I always covered that by over-exuberance, so I talked a lot. I was quite loud when I talked. I was way over the top. So now I am very much over the top. I laugh very loud. So when I get anxious, I will then start to um, babble. Like, uh, like I'll start to just talk loudly and laugh, and I make people laugh. But the thing is, it's so over the top, and it's only to hide my anxiety. Let me give you an example. I was actually doing, um, I was hosting a, a Zoom talk, and I had said something that was just like, I. some people had um, shared some experiences that they'd had um, as women, and I thanked everybody for sharing their experiences. And I was, uh, there's a basic script that I was reading off of, and I thanked everyone for their experiences and then I went back to the script and the very next line is to thank people for their experiences and so I'd thank them just because I really wanted to um, and I was very impressed and happy with what people had shared and it really helped me and then I read the script and it's so I've gone thank you so much for everyone sharing thank you for um, you know giving us all the insights and part of yourself it was wonderful and then I went to the script of which I said, and I would like to thank everyone for their sharing. And and I just sort of trailed off with this. And I then I then I covered it by saying, oh, and I thought that I would say that twice because you needed to hear it. And knowing that was an absolute lie, I went, no, I didn't. I just I'm babbling, and I don't know. I'm trying to cover up for this bath that I'm making. And of course, everyone found it funny, but it's it's this anxiety of trying to, to to cover up the fact that I, I I get stuffed up and I hate doing it and there's so much anxiety talking to people and I, I like talking to people I hate the starting of it the anxiety leading up to talking to people even people I know the anxiety leading up to the conversation is huge like massive I would I would not do it Except for I get to times where I, go, I have to go out and I want to be able to say hi and have conversations with people. I just don't want to have conversations with people. 
I don't know whether that makes any sense, but it just, you know those times where you, you need to get away from where you are, whether it's, you know, your family for a minute or your workplace, or you just need a break and you just want to talk to people that you don't talk to every single day and you just want to take a break, but that, you know, so you know you need that. But the anxiety of going out and talking to someone, the anxiety of meeting someone, the anxiety of, oh, even if you've organized to meet someone, the anxiety leading up to the fact that what am I going to say? What are they going to think of me when I first get there? What what if what if I mess up? What if I say something stupid? I really don't want to do this. It would have been so much easier to stay home. Oh, I should have just stayed home with the kids. The kids would have been fine. I could have stayed home with them. Oh, think of what I could have got done. I could have got so many loads of washing done that I know we're not going to get done when I'm not there. I could have cleaned the bathrooms, uh, like done a, like a bathroom spotless. I, I, I could have I could have mown the lawn. I could have pulled out all the weeds. I could have enjoyed like ten coffees. But now I'm having to talk to someone, you know. It's almost like I could have had my eyelashes pulled out and it would have been more exciting than the idea of talking to someone. Until I get there and I start talking. And usually, depends on the person, but usually I sort of get into a routine. And I really like talking to people. But holy moly, it's like I'm going to crap myself. And then there's the stupid things that happen. You know, the, the, the time we have this bathroom. Okay. We have this bathroom that we, we have two bathrooms in our house. And our bathrooms are quite big. And they echo quite well. And sometimes I go into the bathroom. And on one of the bathrooms, I actually have a lock. And I use it. Because... There are sometimes I do not want to be disturbed, especially during period time. I just, I, I don't want to be disturbed by little kids. And the thing is, but my one-year-old who's walking around absolutely loses the plot if he knows I'm in the toilet and he cannot get in. And the, the handle is like way up high. And so there's, then you're doing the pants down the ankle shuffle that, that, is a, a shuffle only parents know how to do it's that shuffle where you're sitting on the toilet you just want to be left alone you've tried to do anything is anyone there to take him can you go go play with your cars or you know um um mum will be on in a minute or can you do anything else but you can't sit on well i can't sit on the toilet and finish what i'm doing properly with this screen like this full-on tantrum that sounds like he's, he's he's being murdered outside and so you do this pants down you know past your knees shuffle and when you're doing the shuffle you might pull them up just over your knees but it's still that shuffle where you're you're, you're having to go ah, ah. you can finish uh, like depending on what you're doing you can finish and you can just go, okay, I'm going to, but sometimes you can't. So you've got to do that shuffle, except our bathroom is not wide, but it's long. So this shuffle is to the, um, to the, it's quite long. And to the side of the bathroom, at the side leading into another bedroom is another door. 
So you can imagine those times when you're in the middle of the shuffle and I can only lock one of the doors. I can only lock the main door. I cannot lock the door to the other bedroom. And so and my kids sleep lately. Some of my kids sleep in there. So you can imagine. Here's the, me doing the shuffle. I've just tried everything to get my one-year-old to stop crying. And for whatever stupid reason, the kids in this room have decided to completely ignore him. And one of them has decided to go toilet and has opened the door as I'm in the middle of the shuffle. The, the ankles, I mean, that's probably a horrific moment for them to go, oh, sorry, and shut the door. Can you imagine that? I've just, I've just seen their mum pants down, shuffling to the door from the toilet with the bare bum. Trying to open the door for the one-year-old to come in so he could stop crying because you know what's going to happen once he comes in. Not not the child inside. They, they've already been traumatized. They go back to whatever they're doing and try and pretend they haven't seen what they've seen. Once they close and you go back into, you, you finally get to the door, unlock it and then let the one-year-old in. You know what's going to happen the moment he comes in. He's going to want to come up. He's going to want to be picked up. And so then I'm picking him up with one arm, arm around the waist, trying to sit him kind of on me or sort of doing the football hold. Pants, hands on the pants on one side to make sure they don't, I don't trip over them. Shuffling back to the toilet so I can get back on the toilet. Now, the worst thing that would happen, and it hasn't happened yet, is that as I'm on the trip back to the toilet, that someone then opens the main door, because now it's unlocked. And so then they get caught with this butt towards them, holding a child, pants down. Yeah, that would be horrific. Thankfully, that has never happened, but ugh, with the amount of people in this house, I am amazed. And, um, yeah, how do we get on the toilet? I have no idea how I got onto toilets. I'm talking about like anxiety. Maybe there's anxiety in being caught in the toilet with your pants down. I mean, I don't know how many times that has happened. Or oh, people walk in. Oh my goodness. My ex used to, he, he still does it. He, the toilet door will be open in our in house, which is in a lot of people's houses. The toilet door is closed. You knock. Um, some of them will try it. And thankfully that door is locked. Um, if the toilet door is closed, you knock. But he goes crook at them because the toilet door is open. And of course they walk in and you go, oh, he's sitting on the toilet. And it's, it's, yeah, lately it's probably sitting on the toilet with a smoke. Uh, all right. Um, what are your anxiety stories? Surely that if the, the, the suffocation of clothes is not the only thing um surely i'm not the only one that have gone through the idea of suffocating of clothes i actually asked my kids and some of them go through it um but some of them are like no i can wait you know that's fine i never think that that i'm suffocating i don't know whether it's just the fact that as mums we're so um overtouched you know we're so past the the being touched that then once there is the realization that the clothes are touching us um that it just gets too much i don't know whether it's part of that but they're they're 
you know, there's some funny things that happen. I really, I'll start writing them down because there's some things happen in my day sometimes that I go, is this, is this normal? Do people have to deal with the fact that they're chooks, three of their chooks, because I have chooks, won't sleep in the chook hutch and sneak into the laundry before the laundry door is closed at night and I can't let them out because they get killed. I can't just let them out to find their way in the chook hutch. The chook hutch has to be closed. We have foxes here, but not as many. We have quolls and oh my goodness, the quolls are horrible. Um, and they they sit they sit on they set on sleeping in the laundry, and that's all well and good, except for the fact that if I accidentally leave the laundry lid open, like the washing machine lid open, and I have a top loader, not a front loader, they sit on top of the lid and they shit in the laundry, and I've. Oh, like for any mum that has kids that is not incredibly organized sometimes sometimes we leave laundry in the laundry in the washing machine because we just haven't got the time to get back to it. we haven't we haven't remembered that it's even there when i remember that it's there i come back and there is chook shit i mean is this this can't be normal like even for people that Obviously, for city people, they're not having chucks shit in their laundry. But this can't be a normal day. We have—I have a chuck. I have—I have three chucks that I have to physically pick up and carry to the chuck hutch at night and lock up. Or I get some of the kids to because they will not leave the laundry. The laundry is like their roost. But the thing is, you can't house train a chuck. They shit everywhere. And it's horrid and I I have I have 11 kids at home and we have 11 we have 11 kids worth of laundry so there is always every single moment there is laundry either in a washing machine or being washed and it's constant and if I forget that it's there overnight and I haven't closed the lid then I have to rewash that clothing sometimes twice to get the stuff out like, I mean, it is, it, it is horrid. And then we have a twin tub. Oh, my goodness. I love my twin tub. For those, I don't know whether you guys know what the twin tub is. I am 40 and feel like I'm 80 sometimes. Maybe 60, not 80. I have a twin tub. Now, my twin tub is a, a, a twin tub washing machine. You wash in one and you take it out of the washing machine. You put it in the spinner and spin it. It's way more work than it needs to be. And with this many kids, it is not feasible. But I have it because my spinner is the most amazing thing I've ever had. Because it will spin those clothes till they are dry. Now, I don't mean dry them. It will spin the water out of the clothes after washing. So much so that they will feel almost dry. So they will take like on a good day, on a warm day, in summer they will be fully dry in about 10 minutes on the line because they have been spun so well they are amazing but the work is too much and and the pump of my spinner just broke so I had to get someone to attach a an external pump to it not my internal pump 
but the thing is it's been outside so that means I have to go like an old like like in the 1920s go outside and do the laundry which is fine on a fine day it's annoying because I can't just put the laundry in and have it wash and then just hang it up I've got to take it out of the washing machine and put it in the spinner and make sure it fits and then spin it and then I have to do that for one load of washing I have to do that maybe two spins like to get the whole load done and then I go hang it up and I hate the work because I have so much washing to do I just want it to wash actually I, I would want it to wash and dry and hang itself up that would be great but that's not going to happen um so it, it's just too much work but the spinner I just I my other washing machine which is a top loader it obviously washes and spins and does all that but the clothes come out like they're still wet and my spinner makes them dry and I do not I do not have the patience or the might I mean my, my my other washing machine is a big washing machine um it's like a nine kilo washing machine it will take a lot of stuff um I don't want to have to take that nine kilos and do like four spins in the spinner to get it done. I, I don't want to do that. That's, that would just drive me mental and I would get nothing done. I need to get, I need to make it more efficient. I've only got two washing machines. Technically, I need like four washing machines. But then there's the water aspect because obviously I live in a farm. I've got chooks. We're on tank water. So we're not on, on town water. We're on tank water. And so we, we run out of water a lot. Um, so we have to get water deliveries, and that's another whole lot. Ugh. anxiety, anxiety of, of living on uh, living on a farm. I know people say farm life is great. If you've ever worked on a farm, like properly worked on a farm, it's hard work. It's bloody hard work. There's so much to do all the time. That's just <sighs> okay. I think I've got sidetracked like ten thousand times. Um. I just thought I'd, I'd talk about my own little anxiety that I had over my clothing sticking to me and, 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 and the fact that I can get to nine o'clock in the morning and I'm already asking my little ones to just not touch me. And I know that sounds weird to people because they go, well, it's the morning, but I've had them sleep in my bed. I have been slept over. I have been kicked. I have been, I have fed like four or five times during the night. I've had to deal with tantrums in the middle of the night because my young one has woken up and I haven't got a boob in his mouth fast enough. I have, you know, and then of course he wakes up other ones and, ah, oh, and trying to go to the toilet. Oh my goodness, trying to go to the toilet in the middle of the night. I'm usually, having fed my younger one, my arm is usually still underneath him. And so to get that out takes a little bit of work. And if I'm busting for the toilet, which I usually wait till I'm busting, trying to get that out without the rush and you know if I wake him up he is going to scream and he's going to wake my three-year-old up and then they're both going to scream and I won't be able to do anything with it because I am running to the toilet because I need to go to the toilet but them screaming I know they're going to wake up the rest of the house so trying to do that with the you know it's almost like I'm a surgeon I have to remove my arm so darn carefully yeah, I mean, they need to 
make this like an Olympic sport, how to remove your arm from a sleeping toddler without waking them up or how to remove yourself from a sleeping toddler without waking them up and then, especially in the middle of the night, and then having them wake up the rest of the house. That has to be an Olympic sport because that is bloody hard. And you know, if you're, you know, there's, there's something satisfying about relieving your bladder when it's full. It's nowhere near as satisfying relieving your bladder when it's full when you have a screaming house. That's not, that's not even, that, that, that is nowhere near as fun. Because relieving your bladder should be something that's like, oh, I feel better now. Not, hurry up, I've got to go deal with this three screaming kids and uh, they're all going to want to get on top of me at once and then he's got the what's going on and then I can't sleep and oh my goodness can you, uh, uh, yeah yeah that should be an Olympic sport I've just watched my cockatoo yes I have a cockatoo as well jump off our roof onto our shade cloth and he's sort of surfing down the shade cloth we have a weird life Anyway, there'll be more of these kind of things. I think that life is already so stressful. I think I need to start talking about the strange and wonderful things that happen and the weird things, the weird things that happen in our lives that, that um, whether they're just our stuff or they're, they're, they're just normal anxiety that happens and oh i can't wait to tell you i'm going for my first acupuncture thing on um this week this week i'm going for my first acupuncture section never gone for one before oh my goodness that should be interesting i'm not great with me i'm not great i mean being pregnant so much i've had my blood taken that many times i just don't like it um and then I'm, you know, going and having needles put all in my body. Oh, I did it because I, I wanted to try new new things to help me de-stress because I've been so stressed and really struggling. So new things. Yeah, you're really stressed. I know a way to de-stress. Go get tiny needles stabbed through your whole body. That will do it. Maybe maybe it does it because you're so stressed about the needles, you're not thinking about the rest of your life. It's like, there's a whole bunch of needles going in. Yeah, that should be fun. We'll see how that goes. Um, Thanks for listening to me. I'm sorry it's been so long. And um, I look forward to more of these podcasts. Thanks for listening.